You know, the uh, ancient Roman culture was a slave culture. One in three Romans who lived in probably Rome were slaves. So you were either a slave or you owned a slave or you knew something about slavery. It was in your mind. You saw it every day. It was just part of life. Uh, It affected how you thought. Slavery affected your reality. Uh, When uh, a slave, you could become a slave because uh, you lost a battle. You could become a slave because the pirates came and got you. Uh, You could become a slave because someone sold you into slavery. But slavery was very much a part of the culture of ancient Rome. Some of the great buildings that have been built in Rome were built on the backs of slaves. And so recently, our family, we toured the Colosseum, which is a phenomenal, amazing place. And the reality of it, that building was built because uh, of thousands of slaves who probably gave their lives to have that building in which then the folks would come in the auditorium. They may come and even watch slaves in battle. Uh, Slavery was uh, a part of the mindset of the early Roman people. And so when we find in the Bible that there's a letter that is written to the Roman church by Paul... Paul was smart enough to realize that uh, they knew about slavery, he knew about slavery, and that he used the metaphor of slavery as a model for what um, the gospel or the good news of Jesus came to, to do. So we've been doing a series, Pastor Dave started it, Benji helped with it in the last couple weeks, about being released. And the message of the gospel is that we... Do not need to stay in our spirit of slavery, but that Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus is to come that, and say that we can be released from our chains. Now, frankly, uh, this is not comfortable. I mean, these are weak little things that probably my dog could break free from. But around my neck and here around my wrist over just these few moments, uh, Uh, The chains of slavery um, bind you up. They limit you. They keep you from being the full, the person that you are. And and Paul was worried that that the same mentality of slave, the, the mentality of the slavery, the mentality, the mindset of thinking like a slave would impact how people would receive the gospel. When you think about it, uh, the slave in, um, in Roman times, he, um, he had s- several ways to try to break free from his slavery. One was, was the idea that he, if he put in really good personal effort, that he might be set free. In other words, if he was a really good slave for his owner, there's the chance that maybe if he would work hard enough and be diligent and put in all the effort that he could put in, that that might be the key, that if he could catch his owner's eye, that if he worked hard enough, that he, that might be the key that could unlock the lock that would set him free. Can you see how um, we could translate over that to our trying to, please God, that in our efforts, that if we're just good enough, if we can just be good enough, that that might be the key that it set us free in our spiritual walk. 
The reality of it is, is that we never know how much you have to do in order to be good enough. And so uh, being good enough really is a, is a frustrating uh, effort to try to think that that is the thing that's going to bring you to freedom. There's also the idea that we in our culture, particularly, the key uh, to, to being free is to find out who we are, to find our own identity, to get our identity. In, in, uh, in Roman times, uh, when you became a slave, you really lost your identity. You, you really didn't have a name. You had no family. You were taken from your family and you're, you're there just in slavery. You have no contact. You have no, no heritage. You've lost all that. And in our culture, you realize that we live in a culture right now where people are seeking like crazy to find out who they are. And if they're good enough and if they can manage. And so in, in, in terms of gender, we're, we're, we're identifying people in our culture, identifying with one gender or the other because they're just in a search to try to find who they are. And they hope that that will be the answer or that will be the key that could turn, set them loose so that they could experience a free freedom in that regard. The third way that uh, I see that Paul was concerned about was that there was a the key that we could find personal confidence slaves had no uh, belongings they were viewed by the culture and by their owners as being like property they had no worth they had no value they were disposable you get rid of one you get another uh they they were just like a, a thing that you could be, that could be used um, there was no sense that they had any value or purpose within themselves. In our culture, we're, we're dying to try to find a way that we can find our, a, way, a, a guidance that would give us a purpose and a meaning in our lives. And so there's all kinds of self-help books. There's all kinds of ways. We, we, we put our trust in our self-help books. We put our trust in um, our government and our government leaders. We put our trust in our stock market and our finances in hopes that those things will bring us the confidence that we need that might unlock the key to our fulfillment in our life. Uh, in our culture today, we find that many times people are either... Um, rising up in rebellion to show their own ability and their identity or they're uh, given up in just uh, the idea that, that they give up in resignation, that there's no possible way. Did you know our country is in the middle of a huge opiate epidemic? People are dying. More people have died from that than like all that died in Vietnam War. In the last year, from opium and drugs, um, prescription drugs, people are seeking to find uh, something from within that, that could satisfy and give them that confidence and that hope. And so in all this, I think Paul was saying to the people then, um, there's a better way. That in the midst of your slavery, your sense that this might be your life, that there is a way that in the midst of that metaphor, he wanted to show to the people then and wants to show us now that there is a key to unlock our lives. And uh, the good news is that, how many keys do you have on your key ring? 
Do you have a lot? This is my mini key ring. I didn't bring my big key ring. I use that for weight training. <laughs> but we got all kinds of keys that we think are going to set us free. Unfortunately, Paul was saying to the people, all your own personal efforts, all your self-help plans, all your, your selfish attempts, long run aren't going to work. But in Romans 8, he says that there is one key that can unlock your life and set you free. Do you know that? You know what that key is? Oh, how nice it is to be free. Free from these change, chains. But how nice it is to be free from guilt and shame. Paul in Romans says, well, let me just read it. This is uh, Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The, the mentality of slavery and oppression, that law leads to sin and death. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God the Father sent the Son into the world to live and die and rise from the dead. And that the, the Son would then release into the world the Spirit. This is the key to set us free. You, are you bound up with anything today? Do you feel any, any weight on you? The weight of sin, the weight of guilt, the weight of, of habits you just can't break. You know, uh, Paul earlier says, you know, all my best efforts, all my willfulness only leads me to frustration and failure and hostility and anger and loss and death. But when I open up my life to the Spirit of God, I can know His freedom. Have you experienced that in your life? Are there areas in your life right now you think, you know what, I feel all bound up. I would love to be set free from that. Well, I just want to give you the good news that that's what the Spirit of God wants to do for you today. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, uh, I think that Paul gives some very positive things he wants to say that help set us free from those efforts that we've tried to do. And the first one that I wanted to share with you is that um, in, in Jesus, in, in, the, in the Spirit of God, 
um, he says that he wants his very presence will live in us and that the Holy Spirit makes his home in us. In Romans 8, 11, in that passage, it says, um, in verse 7, or verse 9, it says, And you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, if you've invited Christ into you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Um, what does it mean to be free? It means to invite the Holy Spirit to move in and to live his life in you. Now, some of you may have done that in the past, and you know that, but sometimes there's those little pockets of things that, that, that stay in us that we have to keep bringing back and saying, God, I've, I've kind of taken back on this, and I need to let you give you access to that way of thinking in my life, that habit pattern that I've developed, that attitude that I've had, that hurt that I've had. I need to allow your spirit to come and live in that place. And when he comes in, then he changes that place that's kind of like started to die. And his spirit comes in and it said, the scripture says it brings life to us. Have you experienced that? So we... You're going to get the travel log now. I hope you're ready for Rome in uh, Italy. Um, we, we spent a few days in Rome, and then we went to this place called Sorrento in the southern part of Italy and the Malfi Coast, and we decided that we would do Airbnbs. Anybody ever done an Airbnb? So we did Airbnb. We had a wonderful time. We went to this place called Sorrento, and this Italian by the name of Bruno met us. And Bruno took us to the Airbnb, and he um, came up on his bicycle, and we walked down this street, and then down this little narrow alleyway, and to this door, and he unlocked the door, and it opened up into this little plaza area, and we went up the steps, and he opened the door, and he brought us into this beautiful apartment. He gave us all the rules, and then after he said that, he said, now, Mr. and Mrs. Shaw, here are the keys. This is your place. And we moved in. And as we moved in, we took the keys, we, uh, we unpacked our stuff, we found out where the washing machine was, we even hung our laundry out to dry, very Italian-like. We went out to the grocery store and we bought every type of soft drink you could have and water because it was hot. We, we opened the windows in the morning and looked out and saw the little Italian ladies talking to each other across the hall, you know, the walkway. We looked down and down below us was where the fish man came every five, five in the morning. You hear the rattling, look down and he'd have his fresh squid and squid, octopus and stuff. And man, it just felt like we just had moved in. It was our place. Felt at home. Um, that guy, why in the world would he have ever given me the key to that apartment? 
He didn't know me. But he said, Mr. Shaw, here's the key. And for these next few days, this place is yours. Move in. There's a sense in which that's what Paul was trying to say to us, is if we really want to know, break out of a, a spirit of slavery, which is kind of the way that we've kind of conditioned ourselves to live all along, that the way to break out of a condition of slavery is to just come and give God, the Holy Spirit, the keys to our place. And let him move in. And give him every room kitchen, the living room, the entertainment room, the bedroom, the secret rooms. And when we come to the place where we can give him the keys, guess what happens? He moves in. And God brings his life into our lives. That, that apartment was, uh, that we, lit, we were in Italy, it was, um, it was, it was decorated by Ikea. <laughs> I like Ikea. But Ikea doesn't offer life. But my wife and my daughter and myself and our laughter and our joy and our banging around in that apartment, all of a sudden, life showed up in that place. And we'd open the windows and we'd hear the Italian speaking out loud and we could smell the fish. We were glad when he closed up his shop about 1 o'clock. But when we moved in, life came. And when you give the keys, you know, all my keys, trying to figure them all out and trying to make all my keys work. But when I hand my keys over to God, the Holy Spirit, He knows how to unlock my life and bring life to me. Any place in your life you, you just kind of held back? Today may be the day. You need to say, okay, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come in. Well, another thing that I, I, I see in this passage of Scripture is that not only does he do that, but the Holy Spirit will help establish an identity with us. And again, I've already talked about the fact that this world we live in, people are just on a search mode to figure out who they are. And I think before you think about gender, before you think about, you know, uh, ethnicity, before you think about all those things, do you know what God says? You're his child. Before sex, before whether I'm, you know, Caucasian, mixed, African American, Asian American, before all those things, there's another fundamental truth that comes, and that is that I belong to God.
it was fun because uh, this message has kind of been banging around in my head for a few weeks. And I remember when we were in Rome and uh, we had gone near the Vatican and we're just kind of standing around and it's hot and, you know, kind of in the shade and just seeing the masses of people walk by. And when you, at the Vatican, as those of you who have gone, it's kind of an international place. I mean, you hear all kinds of languages. You hear Italian, English, but you hear, I mean, there are people that have come there from all over the world. And so as they're walking by, you pick up little snippets and you see families going by and you see little kids getting drugged along by their parents. And you, you see people that are, you know, you see people, you see uh, nuns that are dressed up in their habits and you see priests and you see, I mean, you see humanity mashed up. And as I, I, I saw humanity going by, you know what? I, I thought, you know what God thinks about all this? God's going this. He's going, mine, 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 mine. You know what God sees when he looks across this crowd today? Mine, 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 mine. Mine. The scripture in uh, Romans 8 says, um, verse 15, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Now, I told Keevan earlier when I found out what the song, we, we did not talk beforehand. I've been working on this message. They prepared for the worship. What's the last song they sing before we go to prayer? That's why I realized, you know what? There's a higher power orchestrating this day. This is a divine moment for us. And uh, he says, so, so uh, Paul's saying, you know what? You uh, did not receive a spirit to make you a slave again to fear. Again, who was he talking to? He was talking to people who had a slave mentality. They knew about slavery. They saw, they knew about how slavery worked. They knew about if you're a slave, you had to work really hard in order to get uh, your freedom. And even then, you might not make it. And so the, there's a fear-based slavery mentality. And Paul is saying to them, and he's saying to us, you have not been put here to go back to a spirit of slavery again. But you have received the spirit of sonship, daughtership. Is that a word? It should be if it isn't. Um, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. The spirit of God is telling you you're his child. How does the spirit tell you that? whispers, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Uh, in ancient Rome, when a slave was set free, the slave took on the name of the master. So when you were released to freedom, you took on your master's name. When God frees you, 
Whose name do you take on? You take on his name because you are his child. You belong to God. When he sees you, he says, mine. So it's, it's always fun traveling with my daughter, my wife and daughter. Now my daughter is now 18. She's going off to college. This is part of the reason why we made this trip because we wanted to be together as a family on something special. And as many of you know, my daughter, she's Chinese. I mean, total, full-blooded Chinese. We adopted her into our family. But when we're traveling, it's so funny because people look at Brenda and I and they look at Hope and they, you know, in, in, in America that happens. But even more in Italy, people are looking like, what? <laughs> but let me tell you something. Do not mess with my daughter Hope. Whether in Italy or in the U.S., do not mess with her. You know why? Because she knows Taekwondo. No. <laughs> Do not mess with her because you know why? She is mine. Amen. And the Holy Spirit wants to set you free and wants to help you realize who you are. You belong to him and he'll whisper it in your ear when you need it whispered but he'll shout it from the mountaintops when you need it you belong to God and how I want to remember that and I want you to remember that because that is at the heart of what being set free is is to be set free to know who you are and then you can build everything else on that. Isn't that good news? Amen. Well, finally, one other thing I want to share with you about this passage of Scripture is that um, the Scripture, the Holy Spirit has come to also uh, help us to, to realize that he, uh, he, we, uh, he inspires confidence and He inspires hope and He inspires guidance in our lives. And again, this comes right out of this passage of Scripture Paul's talking to people who had a slave mentality. And he's saying, you don't have to live in your slave mentality, but I want to give you a confidence and a guidance and a hope. And so here's what he says. I'm getting kind of excited, aren't I? Better calm down. Um, we ourselves, this, is, this is, starts in verse 23. We ourselves who have, been, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So we have the Spirit of God in us. We groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. God wants to instill a hope. In the midst of how this world is going, there is this inbred Holy Spirit hope that says, hold steady, things are going to come together in God's purposes. But in verse 26, he goes on to say, in the same way, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's presence helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been in that place where you just don't know what to do and what to say and how to pray? The, the, the situation's bigger than you are, and you just don't know how you're going to handle it. The Spirit, sa it says here, we do not know how to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He comes alongside us. When we don't have it figured out, when it's bigger than us, when the problem is bigger than what we know what to do, the Scripture says the Holy Spirit, this living Spirit wants to come set us free from those fears. He wants to bring us confidence. He wants to enable us to, to understand that He's coming alongside us. And He who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The word, the power word there is intercedes. He comes alongside. He, he helps uh, between us and the Father where we don't know what, we stumble at what to say. We don't know God's presence, God's Spirit comes and says, let me help you out here. Let me be your advocate. Let me, let me go to God for, on your behalf Understand that you have the confidence that I will be your emissary. I will be your representative. I will go to God, and you can count on me. When we were in um, Venice, which is an amazing city, you know, it's just like if you've been there, you know, you can't get there. No cars in Venice. Don't let anybody try to sell you a car for Venice. Boats only. We, we stayed in a place called Murano, which was about a half-hour boat ride from Venice out on another island. It's the place where they do all the blown glass. Beautiful stuff. Expensive, but beautiful. Um, the guy that, the Airbnb that we stayed at, his, um, he owned a glass shop. And, he's, and we were very intrigued. He says, well, let me, uh, Saturday morning, we'll pick you up. I'll take you and show you how they, it's done. And so he picks us up. He takes us to his house. And he has this little workshop there. And uh, his uncle Johnny, his 85-year-old uncle Johnny is there to show us how to blow glass. That's uncle Johnny. Uncle Johnny has uh, been doing this for 40-some years. And he's a craftsman. And so uncle Johnny... Uh, does all that, not the big stuff where, you know, like the chihuly blow and the thing with the big deal. He does this little Bunsen burner deal, and he uses this real tiny, these tiny rods. And Uncle Johnny made this little gondola. Coolest thing, Uncle Johnny. Well, the problem that we had with Uncle Johnny is Uncle Johnny doesn't speak English. So um, we were trying to do all these, you know, hand gestures. I felt like I was the third base coach trying to get Uncle Johnny to, you know, understand what, what I was trying to say. And Uncle Johnny, was, he was smiling at us, but he couldn't talk to us. But fortunately, Uncle Johnny's nephew, Marco, was our friend. And Marco knew English and Italian. And so because Marco was there, Marco could intercede for us. And we would stumble over our few little Italian words and our hand gestures. And Uncle Johnny would stumble around and do his smiley, happy thing with his Italian. But we would have been sunk except we had Marco. And Marco was there and he could speak on our behalf to Uncle Johnny. And he could also help Uncle Johnny communicate with us about what Uncle Johnny wanted to say. And we had one of the greatest times with Uncle Johnny.
Not because we knew the language, because we didn't. It was so far above us. Our limited vocabulary in Italian didn't connect. But Marco's ability to communicate, he interceded and we had a family gathering with Uncle Johnny. You get the point, don't you? My words and understanding about God are so small. I don't know what to say. I babble and stammer and I get confused. There are certain situations where I really want to talk to God, but I don't have a clue what to say. Paul says, don't worry about it. You have an advocate. You have an intercessor. You have one in the Holy Spirit who will speak the words for you to God. And also, he will help interpret what God has to say for you to give you guidance and confidence and hope for your daily life too. Isn't that good news? So this morning, is there a place in your life You're in bondage. You feel the chains, the heavy, the, those things that constrain you. Maybe you've never, ever given the keys of your life to God. Or maybe you have, but man, we just have to keep bringing those situations back to God to say, okay, here, here I am. Here's my life. Here's Holy Spirit. Uh, here are the keys. But may I invite you right now to offer your life, your struggles, your, your rough places, the places where you're all bound up, where sin keeps driving you down. May I offer you today an invitation. Give that to Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit come and fill your, your life. Come and take over and be set free to live your life in his fullness. The worship guys are going to come and lead us. And as they do, um, if you want to pray, if you feel like today you, you just need the Spirit of God in a fresh way in your life, I'd invite you to find a place to pray. You can be here at the front in the, at the altars. You can kneel. You can stand. You can make a place right where you're at. But in these moments, I invite you to let God's Holy Spirit to come fill you afresh in every area and be set free to live your life in the fullness that God's Holy Spirit has for you.